0: Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be sharing our session from TMRE 2023. We'll talk about how digital advertising helps build brand equity with Meta. Tune in to see how marketers can optimize digital advertising efforts for higher impact and efficiency by leveraging the power of a mixed media approach. Enjoy.
1: Thank you, everybody. So at a research conference, I don't need to tell you the important role that measurement should play ideally in every marketer's business plan. And we all know how critical it is to build a loved brand, but As an industry, I think we all probably know that it is still easier 20 years later to still measure lower funnel outcomes than it is upper funnel outcomes. So things like engagement, clicks, online purchases, we've been able to do that for 20 years, but there still is not an easy way to measure upper funnel brand outcomes. Things like awareness, purchase intent, favorability, things that are critical for all brand marketers. And then what about offline media? What about linear TV? What about the combination of online and offline media? You know, true cross-media measurement. And how are those different channels driving the things that aren't easily measurable, like brand awareness and other brand outcomes? So I am very excited to be here to present the outcome of a 17-study meta-analysis that we did with my very smart colleagues at Meta. Um, and we're just going to jump right into it. So how do advertisers leverage the digital opportunity in brand building? So 72% of our time is spent consuming digital media, and 67% of budgets are now spent on digital media. So that's two-thirds of our marketing budgets are being spent on digital. So it's never been more important than it is now to truly be able to measure their impacts on your brand. So new research by GFK reveals the role of media channels in building brand equity, and I'm going to take you through it. So before we get into the outcomes, and Hillary is going to present those for you, um, we are at a research conference, so it is, of course, important to talk about the methodology and how we did this. So we use the GFK cross media link panels for these studies. So these panels um, are panels that we have all across the world, and we measure media exposure, because obviously we need to know who among these panels have seen the ad, um, and then we send surveys to them, and that's how we understand how it's changing consumers' attitudes, and that's what the survey mechanism allows us to capture. So on the media exposure side, we track these different channels in different ways. So social media is tracked via a clean room match. So it's deterministic data, it's confirmed exposure. What we've done with Meta is we've built these clean rooms where we bring our panels and they bring their users. We do a match so we know exactly who on our panel has seen ads on Facebook and Instagram and they are sharing those exposures with us. For things like internet at home and internet on mobile devices, we are tracking exposure in very typical ways that have been around for a long time. So things like pixels and cookies and then IP matching, which is also becoming increasingly important in the cookie list world. Um, And then TV is measured a couple of different ways. For this analysis, in a number of countries, and the ones that you see listed here, we do have passive TB data. So in the US, UK, Germany, Italy, and Netherlands, Italy and Netherlands, we are tracking exposure to TV from panels where we are collecting passive TB data. And that data is all then um, part of the panels. So, what is in this meta-analysis? So there are 17 campaigns, so this was not a small project. We did this all across Europe. Um, These are all Mm -hmm. brand-focused, video-led executions. So, they're obviously branding campaigns, and when we say video-focused, it's things like TV ads, of course, things like YouTube pre-roll ads, things like you're scrolling on Instagram Reels, and you see a video ad. Um, It could be a video ad on Facebook as well. Um, So that was the type of media that we're measuring. And the audience for all these campaigns is 18 plus. So the reach data in almost all of the instances is passively measured. It is surveyed in some of the countries where we don't have TV panels. So we do use opportunity to see in countries where we don't have the passive TV data. Um, And these surveys, There's online surveys that are sent out at the end of the campaign, and the sample sizes range from 1,000 to about 2,500 per campaign. Um, And we aren't, so this is an important thing and something that I'm pretty passionate about. We aren't just comparing people that saw an ad and people that didn't see an ad and subtracting the difference because there's, too, many, there's too, many, too much trouble you can get into that way. So we are applying modeling, in this case it's binary logistic regression, to help separate the impacts of outside influences. So things like brand awareness, we control for that. Things like brand loyalty, are you a loyal consumer of the brand? If we have too many of those people in one group, then you can't compare it to the other one accurately. So we are doing that, and we feel like that gives us a really clean, Um, and much better, more rigorous read of the final results. And the countries we did this in, we did this across Europe. We do have these capabilities in other countries around the world, including the US. But for this study, it was a big, big pan-European analysis. And the countries we measured were Germany, Spain, see how good everybody is with their flags. Germany, Spain, Italy, Netherlands, and we did two studies in Poland. And we measured two things in these studies. Brand equity, so things that we survey, so this is things like, did your awareness level change as a result of seeing the campaign? Are you thinking more favorably about the brand as a result of seeing the campaign? Are you more likely to go to a store and research it and or purchase it as a result of seeing the campaign? And then the other thing that we measure, of course, is reach, so we need to know who saw the ads, at what frequency, and were they in the intended campaign's target audience? So measuring things like GRPs is, of course, important because we want to make sure that the advertisers are getting the, the most that they can for their investment. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Hillary, and she is going to present the results to you.
2: That's All right, thank you. We rehearsed this presentation, but until I was like standing up here awkwardly, I realized we did not rehearse it standing up, so I <laughs> decided to take a seat. Um, as Michael said, I'm gonna take you through the results and two kind of different types of results. The first is how the reach was deployed across these campaigns, and then the second was the actual impact. But I think it's important To start uh, with reach, two caveats that I will mention from this slide is that, as Michael mentioned, this was uh, EMEA data. This will look different country by country, and it would certainly look very different in the United States. Also, those reach averages on top are a function of spend. Obviously, all of the platforms listed here, television, Facebook, and Instagram, YouTube, have the potential of hitting near universal reach, but how much you actually reach is a function of the spend. What will look pretty different, no matter where you're measuring for each of these platforms, is how uh, your reach falls across different age groups. And we find that television increasingly is skewing a little older. And you really do need to be able to talk to younger consumers with digital as a part of your plan. Um, But obviously, uh, digital has been on the plans now for quite a while. So I think the second thing that's important to think about when you're planning these campaigns, is how are you, um, are you using different platforms to extend the reach of your campaign, or are you using them to extend the frequency of your campaign? And you should be intentional about this, and I think that there are advantages and disadvantages to both, right? Um, And this is also a function of spend. If you are trying to use them as a reach extender, then you are broadening the overall reach of your campaign and the number of people with the potential to be impacted. However, that said, you're not getting the sort of multiplier effect of having that additional frequency on a different platform. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. And so, again, this will look different in different markets, but just something to think about and, Um, try to be intentional about while you are planning. This also could impact the sort of look and feel of your campaigns. I think if you are really trying to maximize duplication, you wanna make sure that you are getting the advantage of using similar brand cues across your different placements and the different platforms that you're measuring with. Um, If you are really just using each platform to try and, and maximize your reach extension, then it's okay to have your campaign look and feel a little bit different depending on the platform that you're measuring on. So with that, I will get into a little bit on effectiveness. I think, as Michael mentioned, people tend to see digital advertising still as really just a way to drive direct response. And those are how uh, budgets are usually given to us. And you know, we think that we have the ability to drive brand outcomes, but that was one of the reasons that we were interested in this particular piece of research is that we really wanted to make sure that that was backed by data and and rigorous research against it. And we were happy to find that we were able to drive statistically significant lift across all areas of the funnel. So if you take one thing away from this session, from my point of view, it's that we can be more than just a direct response platform and all of your digital channels should be thought of as tools to drive direct response, but also as tools to drive your brands. Increasingly, um, consumers expect to be able to connect with brands on a very personal level uh, on the digital platforms that they're engaging in. So when we break down the uplift and compare to other channels, I mentioned earlier that reach was largely a function of spend and the same is true with effectiveness. Here you'll see that linear TV had the majority of the budget and did have the majority of the contribution to favorability as well. Um, However, when you factor in cost, we find that digital is able to be very efficient at driving these brand outcomes. And the same is true with purchase intent. Of course, in the real world, no platform exists in a vacuum and you shouldn't think about each of these channels as being its own unique, separate, totally separate thing. The goal, of course, is to drive synergy and get the benefit of talking to people across different platforms. One of the things we liked about this methodology is that we were able to quantify that synergy and saw that when you reached people on television or across Facebook and Instagram, on their own, there was an an uplift that you were able to drive purchase intent with either of those platforms, but we saw a pretty substantial multiplier of reaching people across multiple platforms between two to three X, what we saw uh, with just reaching them on one platform alone. And so with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Michael to talk through a case study.
1: Okay, great, thank you. So what does all this mean? Right. I know we've shown you a bunch of data, we've shown you a bunch of statistics, but how do advertisers specifically use this? So if I were talking to a CMO, if I were talking to a marketing manager or a marketing director and I was presenting these results, these are the things I would focus in on. So meta funded this study, so obviously these outcomes are very focused on meta, but this could be applied for any channel that you're measuring in a study like this. So, In the case of Todd's, so they, one of the 17 studies was for Todd's, many of you may know them, they are an Italian luxury house. Um, And they ran an important brand campaign at the end of last year. Um, And we quantified the results, a 2.7% percentage point lift in top of mind awareness. So clearly people are more aware of this brand as a result of seeing the ad. Um, And then a 3.3% percentage point lift in brand consideration, so quantifiable. And also, the other thing that we measured as part of the reach analysis is that we were 78% more effective at driving GRPs than other digital video platforms and 71% more effective at driving GRPs than other social media platforms. So what does this mean? Well, now Todd's has a great outcome that they can use to help inform the media planning for their next cycle. And this is where measurement was so critical in helping them understand that. So they implemented it. And then we are likely gonna test the results of that implementation. And then we may make more tweaks down the line and develop a real test and learn culture. Um, But this is just an example of how a marketer could look at these results and then make informed decisions on how they plan media for their next cycle. So what does this mean for all of you? Um, So things like how do you you leverage the digital opportunity and brand building? And these are a couple of the outcomes that as a result of this study, both Meta and GFK have made recommendations to do. One is to balance your marketing mix. So, Hillary talked about it, right? Digital is still viewed as a way to convert people in the lower funnel, but it's not the only benefit of that platform. And we saw 75% of people's time is spent consuming digital media. You need to leverage it for brand building. So you have to balance your marketing mix to maximize that ROI. So you need upper funnel activations. Of course, measuring and implementing lower funnel activations are important too, but you can do a lot more than just lower funnel on digital. Number two is get the most out of your investments. Now, this is a truncated version of probably a 50 slide presentation. So we didn't go into this, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Creative is so critical as well. We talked a ton about measuring media and how we measure media, but you have to measure creative as well. You need to pre-test it before the campaign goes live. We, you know, that is very important to help make sure you're going to market with the right type of creative. But then afterward, and something I am passionate about, cuz I, I mean, Hillary and I have done combined probably maybe a thousand of these studies in our lifetime in our past roles and current roles. And measuring creative as part of the campaign is also important because Nobody likes to hear that they have an ugly baby. And I've had to deliver that message many times that the campaign didn't work. And then the first or one of the first questions is, well, was it the media I bought or was it the creative I brought to market? And I always like to have diagnostics in the survey and we always recommend that. So you can understand, you pre-tested your creative, and then you test it again as part of the campaign to make sure that's delivering what you intend as well. So again, don't ignore creative. It is a very critical part of this analysis as well. And then something that we also recommend to all of our clients, this has to be part of a broader strategic test and learn roadmap. We, I've seen it happen many times where clients do it once, and they look at the outcomes, and they make some changes, and they're like, great, I know what I, know what I have to do. Meta was great, so I'm just gonna give them all our money, which is fine. But Just because it worked for one execution, it doesn't mean it will work for the next or the next after that. So it should be part of a roadmap where you test, you learn, you implement, and then you test again. And you build that culture within your marketing and within your measurement organization so that you're constantly providing data to the marketeers that need it to help develop better strategies. We flew we through flew. this, wow.
2: We were gonna slow down and we did not. Oh, we were.
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't have eight minutes worth of questions to answer, but Anyway, it's up to you now. So we're here and we're happy to answer your questions. We
2: learned that we were both uh, theater minors in college, so we could just do improv if like, we run out of questions. We can. We're yeah, not I, afraid. I'd pay to That's see fun. that, actually. That would be great. Okay. Yeah.
3: OK.
2: We're not actually going to do that. Please ask questions. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there was certainly a lot of information well delivered in a short period of time. So thank you very much. We do have eight, about eight minutes, as the, as the guy said. So who has questions for uh, Hilary or Michael? right at the back, of course, (laughs) let me run around. If you wouldn't mind giving your name and which company you're from.
2: So I'm Jessica, and I'm at Paramount, and I work specifically in the streaming division, so I love digital media, love you guys, I'm very excited to see this presentation, and I work specifically within the advertising division at Paramount, Um, and so specifically for
0: digital, it it is my my bread and butter, and very personal to it, so I love seeing these lovely positive numbers showing that digital is incremental, has all these wonderful metrics, Um, but I know a lot of the digital was limited, not limited, isolated to... Facebook and social media, which makes sense because Meta is Meta. I'm curious what your thoughts are on like larger digital platforms like the dot com, streaming video, connected TVs. Um, curious if you could speak to that.
2: Yeah, I'll give my point of view and then turn it over to sure. you. I think we were obviously very biased in this research because it was commissioned by Meta. Um, and also, um, in some of the, some of the spaces is perfor- like the digital space is evolving so quickly that even like measurement becomes old almost as soon as it's done. I mean, a lot of the measurement that we've done at Facebook recently like doesn't include reels, which we see as like the future. So um, but I do think that the digital ecosystem is obviously much broader, and connected TV and the, the bigger ecosystem has a huge role to play in driving, in driving brand outcomes. And so, um, in terms of how we measure that, I think you're probably the expert there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, everything Hillary said, I agree with, of course, like, you know, I don't need to tell anybody in this room that people watch less linear TV and more streaming, right? I think we all know that. Um, Measuring it, frankly, and I think as researchers, many of us probably know that, is not the easiest thing, right? Because we live in a world where everybody is very protective of their data and they don't always share it freely with research companies, with advertisers, and we understand that. So yes, we do certainly measure some streaming TV. Yes, I mean, um, yeah, I think how we measure it, it certainly depends based on the country. Um, But yeah, happy to connect and talk more about it if you'd like.
3: Thank you. Were well, there questions over this side? Uh, here we are in the front. If you wouldn't mind giving me your name and which company you're from.
4: Hi, I'm Laura McNew from Publix. Uh, we're a supermarket company in the Southeast. Hi. Um, I actually...
1: Great supermarkets. <laughs>
4: you can applaud this, okay? <laughs> no theater classes. We're, we're an
1: NIQ class. company now, so well, you know, okay, grocery okay. is very... Well, you're I'll chat.
4: You know, I'm, I'm actually, this is quite timely for me because we've been struggling with this problem of really better understanding Um, reach, awareness, growth in the upper funnel, and whether or not it's channel or if it's creative. Um, Because what we create for TV, uh, it has to be very different than what we create for, for digital channels. Why, because attention spans, um, if we approach it with brand advertising in mind with soft branding, uh, you can't really do that in terms of the same kind of channels. You might have to put your brand out there front and center and you know, almost beat people with it. So is there any, I mean, are there any, I guess, recommendations, any thoughts, anything that you can speak to in terms of how do you disentangle uh, channel and creative? They're both important to test, but how do you really attribute success to one or the other? I love this question
2: because, you know, we, as a platform, we can connect your brands with an audience. And that's really all, you know, that's really all we're doing, right? Like to say that a, whole platform doesn't work, really. It, like it, platform advertising works, right? Like we can all agree at Baseline that advertising works, right? as long as you can get your message in front of the right consumer. And so I think that our job as a platform is to connect your brands to the audience. But like once that connection is made, it's the creatives' job to like close it, right? Like the creative is the closer. And if you don't have the right creative, you can have the, the best placement in front of the exact right person, but if they're not taking your brand away. But I, so I, I think both, both are important because you do need to test like the audience and the, the placement format to make sure that, that those are delivering. But like to Michael's point, then the creative has to be there. Without either of those things, it's not gonna be, successful, so it's not like an either or, it's a, it's a both. And I think that there are certain, from, from a measurement standpoint, there are certain solutions that will pull those apart, but then a lot that won't, right? Like a lot that you're just gonna have to trust that if it worked, it was because both will be there. If it didn't work, then, then probably a little bit more digging is needed into was it the creative or was it something about the audience or the platform that wasn't that wasn't hitting.
1: Yeah, and I would just add uh, quickly that the other thing that we recommend is testing the creative in an environment that is close to the platform you're delivering it on, right? So if it's an ad made for social, there are approaches that can simulate that environment that are obviously markedly different from how you might consume an ad if it's on TV, right? And it's showing up as part of a four-minute commercial break, right? So there, and, there, and the industry has evolved. In a positive way. For years it was we tested copy one way, and when digital video became a thing, we still use TV methodologies to test it. And luckily the industry, not just that you know, of course I'm biased, I work at GFK, GFK and IQ Bases have copy testing solutions, but there are many other players that have really evolved their solutions to now have digital specific copy testing approaches. So I would obviously recommend that as well.
3: We have one final question in the back row here. If I could have your name and the company you're from, please.
5: I'm F- Sai from Reckitt Benkeza Hygiene Group. Um, so if you think about, to actually, it's an extension to her question. So the consumer reality today is skippal, skippable content versus yeah. unskippable content, right? Yeah. <laughs> unskippable content is the places like Paramount Plus, Hulu, and all these places, right? And skippable content is, of course, Meta, YouTube, and all of that. So what is the future of measurement looks like? So if, because what is even TV anymore? Right. So if, when you think about Paramount Plus or Netflix or Hulu and all of that, I cannot skip the ad. I mean, if I'm on yeah. a lower uh, sort of subscription, which is probably 60-70% of the population today, it is a 90-minute ad. It's unescapable. Yeah. I, I watch through it. But they are very good. They're very good versus the skippable contents that you see, the 30s and 50s. So as a result of that, these ninety seconds ads become very educated. Right? And, and they're very convincing. You, you have to spend time with them. They're very engaging versus your typical TV ads. So what is TV anymore, right? So what does the future look like and how do you measure all of these? And where, is, uh, where, where am I getting the highest ROI? And today, I don't think I've seen any particular way to understand. I understand how an ad is working, what is working, what is not working. But how many people are skipping, skipping my ad and why? Right? So I think that's a big opportunity, probably, because I assume just by my behavior, 80% of them skip the ad, mm-hmm. right? So you're literally looking at 20% of the population, whereas prob- think about a finished detergent, for example. The demo comes in the end. By the time, the consumer would have skipped the ad, right? The functional piece is gone. So how are you, from meta side of things, GFK side of things, are you know creating that
1: playbook as to yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, it's a great. Do you, you want to go answer
2: ahead? it very quickly? Because I've been told they're coming for our mics in eight seconds. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who skipped your ad and who doesn't. It matters what impact the ad drove. And so if you need 90 seconds because you have a very complex message, unskippable 90 second creative is what you should absolutely go with. For CPG brands, right? Mostly with these high known brands, you don't need that long. We've actually found on Meta ads that are 10 seconds are more effective than ads that are 15 seconds. And so uh, yeah. both are important and both are the future. And at the end of the day, we need to make sure both are effective.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot. You should talk to my colleague, Lucas, who's two chairs down from you, because he's done a lot of <laughs> copy testing. And we have an approach that focuses on the immediate engagement and the hook of an ad being so critical when people can skip it. And okay. I'll thank leave it at so that. I think we're you for thank you all for your questions
3: and thank you very much, both of you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date with the latest insights. We'll see you next time so that you can keep thinking ahead.